0: Team of all, we are Geelong, we're always on the ball. We play the game as it should be played. Hey friends welcome back Well, we have our premiers well done Geelong very very well done goodness gracious me <laughs> done an emphatic style um it's always a shame in a lot of ways when we get such a one-sided result in the grand final um but gee whiz it's also pretty special to see a team play basically perfectly <laughs> it was quite something um I think you can really track this back to the prelim final last year. Um, So they get pretty close in 2020. Geelong, like they're in control at halftime and then they just get absolutely run over in the second half by a pretty crazy Richmond team. Then they get to the prelim last year and Melbourne, again, a team that was going pretty bloody well, just absolutely eviscerates them. It was 80 points. It was something Max Gorn kicked six goals, it was a bad day because they didn't change anything going into 2021. They thought, gee, we got pretty close. I think this game style can can get us a win. And then that happens to them in the prelim, right, last year. So Chris Scott goes, right, we're changing everything. We're going to change how we move the ball. We're going to get creative with the ruck. The ruck had been a thorn in his side for years, right? Oh, they haven't got a ruckman. Reece Stanley can't do it. So he gets about as creative as we've ever seen with the Ruck, right? He, he adds more pace. He plays Max Holmes. He, he starts to really get clever with managing his older players. So this thing with the rotations, rotating heavily through the middle and hardly at all in the key position um parts of the ground, so that the these midfielders, especially your danger fields and your cell are really well rested and can run out the game he I said I don't know, probably just after the buy when Geelong were really getting going, you know, when they'd won four or five or six games in a row, and he was doing this thing with Blitzars and stanley and and they were just looking red hot. I said we might be about to witness the Chris Scott masterclass. And we have, we have, he's outcoached everybody. They've won 16 games in a row. Collingwood got pretty close three weeks ago. They got pretty bloody close. But apart from that, no one, like Port Adelaide pushed them. But really, no one's come close. He has been so impressive in the coach's box at selection he's made hard decisions the Max Holmes decision which I'm going to get into a bit later that would have been bloody hard but that I think that decision alone shows you the difference in where Geelong were at to where Sydney were at because they had the same decision to make and they made the wrong one um so yeah well done Geelong perfect basically throughout you can't fault them like their last loss was to St Kilda, <laughs> but their last loss was in round nine, and they they just from then they've just been all but perfect, on and off the field. Like that, what an absolutely brilliant football club, and I can't think of more deserving players and and people. And I'm going to talk about Danger and Selwood and these guys, but um, but no, it was it was fantastic to see them get the win. Um, So it was a really interesting, well, it wasn't really interesting. It was sort of interesting how it all started. So the first sort of five minutes of the game were pretty good. Like it, it spent time at both ends of the ground. It was pretty contested. No one could really get a score through. It was pretty good football. And then Sydney got beaten by what they know, which is the last thing you want. Hawkins out of the ruck twice, twice. So for, for three or four years now, Hawkins has been doing this forward 50 ruck thing, and it's a, a, a serious weapon that Geelong have. So Hawkins is an incredibly big and powerful man. So it makes sense for him to take, you know, those inside 50 ruck contests so that a lot of the time he can just grab it and kick a goal. And that's what he did, right? And Sydney knew that was going to happen. They knew, Everyone knows that's going to happen right? Geelong basically have three ruckmen, none of whom are ruckmen, okay? So they have Stanley, who sort of does the center bounce, and 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 not really a whole lot else. <laughs> he, do, he does other bits and pieces here and there. A lot of the time when it's around the ground, it's Blitzarves who's been taking the ruck, and Stanley floats back and creates the the outnumber. And then when it's inside 50 for Geelong, it's Hawkins, right? Three ruckmen, Yeah. And Hawkins has been doing this thing forever. And it isn't Tom Hickey's fault. It isn't Tom McCartan's fault. It is their fault collectively. <laughs> they they both had a responsibility to be all over Hawkins when he was at these. So he's, Tom McCartan's his direct opponent. Yeah. So he's got to be sweating on him. He can't obviously follow him into the ruck, but he's got to be right there. I think that's one of the reasons, obviously, it's an enormous like advantage just to have him do it because of what he can do in the position, Hawkins, but what it also does is it totally throws out the other team's defense. So there's a key defender who would be on Hawkins, who isn't a ruckman, so then Hawkins goes into the ruck, and that key defender suddenly has nothing to do, right? They'll be playing on somebody else, and they get a bit lost, and, and suddenly this ruckman has to defend one of the best key forwards that we've seen in the last decade, you know. So, so it becomes a big headache for the opposition. So Hawkins gets the first two goals when he really, like, McCartan and Hickey, the first one is a tough one because he just grabs and snaps and it would have been pretty hard to defend. But the second one, I think there was an opportunity for McCartan to get in there and smother him. But he's just watching the ball. It looks bad. The footage is bad. He's just, oh, what's oh, a goal, go what happened? Oh, He just, he's not switched on at all. And that is pretty, you know, that exemplifies where the entire team was at. Just not switched on at all, at all. And so they're doing this thing with Hawks, Hawkins in the ruck in the forward 50 and they're doing their Stanley Blitzarv switcheroo. So Blitzarv starts on the ball and goes into the ruck. Stanley rotates back and creates the extra number, whether it's, Whoever Stewart Tui Henry College Asney whoever and Sydney just they they knew this was going to happen and I wondered oh are they going to really use their run and you know be a bit creative and, tr- and try and get around it they just couldn't do it they could that like they were so off Sydney and I don't know, I don't know if this is a, a coaching issue if Longmire didn't prepare them if he wasn't prepared or what. Um, but man, they like, it was, it wasn't over at quarter time, but it was over at quarter time because Geelong were already six goals up and Sydney just did not at all look like the team that was going to mount a comeback from there. And they didn't, (laughs) they didn't, um, Geelong was so powerful. Never seen in a grand final so many broken tackles. And and I was like, as the game went on, and every time a Sydney player would like they, they were so half-assed. They just throw a Sydney player would just like throw an arm around. Oh, oh, he's broken my one arm tackle. And I'm yelling at the TV. I'm like, it's a fucking grand final. Like you, you gotta stick those tackles. Oh my god, you just have to. You just have to. Like, look at the the bloody. The, the best moment of the whole game is when Selwood kicked that goal late. And Dylan Stevens comes in, and rather than trying to smother or tackle, he just lays a late bump. Like, come on. Come on. What are, you, what are we doing here? Oh, man. It was unreal how poor Sydney were. Unreal. Um, another thing that was going really well in the first quarter was... Isaac Smith, the eventual Norm Smith medalist. So he kicks two goals. He's he's pretty unbelievable. Um, he's now the oldest Norm Smith medalist ever. At, what is he, 34 years of age? He's got literal gray hairs. <laughs> um, he was unbelievable throughout the whole game. But Dangerfield, man. He, out of everybody at Geelong, Like that, they were all so... Brilliant. There was not a poor player for Geelong. Even Parfitt comes on as the sub with like 15 minutes to go, kicks a goal immediately, and then has eight touches. Like, um, everyone for Geelong was fantastic. But Dangerfield, from the first bounce, he looked six years younger. He looked like 2016 Danger. He looked like Brownlow Danger, because he was exploding from stoppage. He was crashing into contests. Put he, he was putting his head over the ball, unlike I've seen him do. Like, he always does it, but he did it just every single time. Every single passage of play or contest that involved him, he stood out. He was unbelievable. 27 touches, I think. 19 contested. 19. He had six goal assists. In a grand final? Fucking hell. He was amazing. He or Smith, if Smith hadn't kicked three goals, I think it's Danger's Norm Smith. Um, but they were both very, very deserving. And the two of them also just, they won Mad Monday with the, the lengths that Danger went to with the makeup and then Smith being the one who like falls out of the <laughs> retirement village bus <laughs> God, Ge- Geelong have always done Mad Monday so well, but this was just perfect. Just the right amount of poking fun at everybody. God, it was so good. Um, Joel Selwood. What a man. Seriously. I'm lucky to share a name with him, <laughs> honestly. Um, so he, he won the Jim Steins Award at the Brownlow last week, which is for community. Um, you know, you work in the community which says a lot about him, um, He, everything he did, from running through the banner with, with Levi Ablett to giving his boots to the Oz kicker at the end and, and holding him and saying, look down the camera and wave, to, to hanging out with the Oz kickers after the game, to what he did with Sam. Everyone in the world basically knows Sam now, the water boy. Um, God. He made it about everybody else. When it was all about him. Premiership captain. He got his moment with the kicking the goal. That was the... Because it was not a super exciting game for the neutral viewer. <laughs> really. Um, granted, I did want Geelong to win. So I was happy as the day went on for them. But I was so sad because we always want to have a good game to finish out the year. Um but the one moment that got me out of my chair was when he kicked that goal. He, he kicks. He goes the cheeky on the run. It's 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 bending back, and you can see it's gone through. And I stand up and I fucking let rip. I was so happy. I was so happy. Because a lot of people really don't like Joel Selwood at all, and I don't understand. I don't understand. They don't like the way he plays. Um, he might be the, the most pure footballer that we've ever seen, right? He doesn't do the spectacular things like Buddy. He's not an accumulator and, and you know, the, the beautiful, classy, silky skills are not possessed like um, He He doesn't have the size or the power of danger field, but you talk about putting your head over the ball. Like how many games in his career has he, has he finished up covered in blood? (laughs) Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be North of 50%. It has to be. Um, uh, He's a walk up hall of famer and there is zero doubt that he'll be elevated to legend status. Zero doubt. It'll happen, right? This, this is the calibre of player that we're talking about. He's got four premierships now. He's a premiership captain. Um, I've spoken about this before, but there was a game that I went to in 2016, St Kilda and Geelong. It was a fantastic game. St Kilda got a really, really narrow victory when we were sort of down the bottom ish of the ladder, and Geelong were right at the top. It was, it was an amazing win for the Saints. But that was, I've seen Joel play live a bunch of times. I've seen Geelong play live plenty. Um, But in that game, I was just, he, he stood out not doing anything flashy because he's just so, he plays fucking honest football. I remember being so happy about that win, but then just thinking, gee, how good was Selwood? Selwood was amazing. And it's hard. Players like that, when you because you're so far away from the action, when you see it live, it is hard to really see how great they're playing. But you could see how amazing Selwood was. He is like any kid who wants to be brilliant at football quickly. Just play the way he plays. You don't have to. You don't have to kick three goals and have thirty touches. You just got to. See ball, get ball. You gotta play like a teammate. He plays like a teammate. It's not about him. God, he's an amazing player, and he's and he's a fucking awesome guy, as we've seen. <laughs> like what a what a what an amazing day he had. It was amazing. Um, and yeah, the the moment of the day for me was when he kicked that goal. It was pretty special. To see his reaction, to see his emotions come out. Hawkins with him at the end. After he kicked the goal, Dangerfield grabbed, like lifting him up by the jumper. Danger was as happy as anybody. It's a shame that Danger couldn't get a goal. There was that one of his that was going through and De steals it and kicks the first goal of his career. (laughs) Danger just had, he had an almost, he almost won the Norm Smith, he almost kicked the goal. Fuck, he was he was amazing as well. Um, let's talk about the Holmes decision. Right, so he was cleared. He was declared fit to play. But I think Scott had already made the decision in his head last week. I think he'd already decided what was going to happen. Regardless, he wasn't going to take any kind of risk. And I think he also saw the benefit. And it was there. So, Holmes is is off the wing, right? And first of all, it allows Isaac Smith to do what he did, right? Like, he plays on the wing anyway, but without Holmes there, Smith had to step up, really, and do more, and he did. He, he had everyone covered for metres gained, about like 200 metres. The next most might have been Warner. Um, three goals... We know Holmes kicks the occasional goal. he kicked the sealer against Collingwood a few weeks ago. Um, and he had he had thirty two disposals. <laughs> he, he He hasn't played that kind of game in a long time. I say Smith. So Holmes going out allows Smith to do what he does. but it also creates a flow-on effect because Mark O'Connor comes into the team, right? And he's not a midfielder unless he's tagging somebody. So he goes to the back line. Then you go, gee, we got too many, we got too many defenders now. Oh, well, let's take Mitch Duncan, who's been playing half back for most of the year. We're gonna put him to half forward. And he's gonna play one of his best games of the year. Um, so there's that. And and it also it just created a flow-on effect in so many ways. Tui ended up being the extra man a lot of the time, and he was basically allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted. He was really good. Um but yeah, Duncan being thrown forward, I think was what Scott, oh, that was. I think was what Chris Scott was really keen on because that was unexpected. As soon as he had his first touch, he was just in the wrong part of the ground. So what are you doing there? And Sydney weren't ready for that either. Longmore got totally outfoxed. He, 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 he got completely outcoached. He was not ready... He was, he was uncreative, and he was slow to respond to so many things, right? And this is what I'm talking about. So you compare the Holmes decision, which had, had three or four positive flow-on effects, despite being just absolutely devastating for the poor kid. I feel for Max so hard. Imagine, like, in those last moments when everyone is celebrating. He's celebrating as well. He's wrapped. But he could have played in that game. He knows it. Everybody knows it. It wouldn't have changed the result even if he got hurt, right? If he'd been subbed off at halftime like Reid had, it would have made no difference because they won by 80 points. But this is the difference, right? Scott doesn't care. He's making the team decision. He wants to win. Yeah, He's willing to carry the heartache and the guilt of leaving this kid out Premierships are hard to win. You might never see one again. Rest of his career, right? Like you look 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 at Dangerfield. He's almost finished. He's only just won one now. They are hard to win, right? So Chris Scott's going to carry the guilt of leaving the kid out for a long time. But he had to do it because he's not fucking around. He has not been fucking around for one second this year, (laughs) Chris Scott. Um, and then you compare that to Longmire, right? So they play Reed, who's thirty-one or whatever it is. He's, he's a totally different set of circumstances, right? If Reed was twenty and he'd done his adductor, you go, yeah, he's probably going to recover a little bit better. We, can, you know, he's not hundred percent, but we, I think we can play him, right? Reed's ten years older than Holmes. He's got a different injury, grant you, but. It, I was more surprised that they played. I thought Reed was no chance. I thought Reed was no chance of playing. And you could see he only had four touches for the game. They were all handballs. He was done by half time. He he got pushed off the ball so easy because he had no balance. He had no strength in his legs. It it from as soon as the ball went near him, you could tell it was the wrong move. And I think when the ball went near him the first time, Longmire's he would have felt sick. <laughs> he he would have felt sick, John Longmire. Um, so yeah, that's... That I thought was really... And he said after the game that they fucked it up. He said as much. And I was like, yeah, that's that's all well and good, but you fucked it up. Like, this isn't... Oh, we won't do it again next time. <laughs> there might never be a next time ever again. And look, if if they had played McDonald and and McLean and like, if they had not gone with Reed, right, it wouldn't have made a difference. They still would have been smashed, but it's about, it's the headspace, right? Maybe they don't get smashed. Maybe McDonald playing gives them a bit of verve, you know, McDonald dropped initially. Then, you know, like with Holmes, right in the lead up to the game, they they do the light switch. They say, no, Reed, we're not, Sorry, Sam, we're not going with it. McDonald, you're in. Let's go, Logan. Come on. He's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Everyone gets a bit pumped up. Could have changed everything. We don't know. It probably wouldn't have. I don't think anyone could have beaten Geelong, <laughs> honestly, um, the way that they they played perfect football. I don't know if anyone's beating them on Saturday. But who knows? Who knows? It's 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 a world of what-ifs and, you know, all that. Buddy Franklin signs a one-year extension and then plays maybe the worst game of his career. He was pretty bad against Stephen May in the first week of the finals. But at least he had impact on the game. Because he had, you know, the, the free kicks and, and all that shit that he was, you know, he's sort of getting into it with May. You would have been excused for having thought that Buddy hadn't played in this game. He was hardly sighted. He had zero Impact and that's just inexcusable. It's inexcusable, right? How does that happen? How does that happen? He isn't like done, he was really good last week. He's played plenty of good games this year. He isn't done, and he wasn't bloody outfoxed by Jack Henry. Jack Henry's a good defender, but he hasn't like taken Buddy to the cleaners, you know. And all, and granted, the ball wasn't down there a whole heap. <laughs> the, the Sydney Mids didn't have complete control, to be fair. But man, I couldn't believe how much of a non-factor... What is going on here? I couldn't believe how much of a non-factor Buddy was in this game. Like This is now the third Premiership that they've lost with Franklin in the team. They bought Buddy over on the biggest contract that Australia had ever seen... Right? The the, the the nine year mega deal to win a premiership. And instead they've lost three. Awkward. Um and and look, I don't think it's really, really hard to say. I don't know what's gonna happen next year, but what happens every single time a team gets belted in a grand final, they don't win a final the next year. They'll make it occasionally. They'll, they'll play in September the following year. But I think I think it was on the couch uh, on, what, Monday night? Last night. Yeah, today's Tuesday. <laughs> last night where they had the stats. Every, I think every team ever that's lost a grand final by more than 40 points has not won a final the following year. So that's a troubling statistic. They don't know why. No one knows why. It's a mental thing, clearly. It's, it's, you're a good team. But like, look at the Bulldogs from last year. Look at the Giants, 2019. Look at Adelaide, 2017. <laughs> um, I think West Coast, 2016. Did, they, did Hawthorne beat them by more than... Yeah, they did. Beating my 50 points or something. So there you go. I can rattle off of St. Kilda, 2010. We finished seventh the next year. We lost <laughs> to Sydney, I remember. Um, so that's a that's a worrying statistic. And I don't know how long Longmire, because there's not a whole lot that they need to change as a team. They just had a fucking horrendous day. You know, did they play at their grandfather the week before? Maybe, maybe, but they're a young team. They shouldn't have been tired. They shouldn't have been tired. I think they just got outplayed and outcoached and out outeverythinged, and they got overwhelmed by the occasion. Is what I think happened. Um, the McCartans. Oh, Paddy. Sorry, mate. You were you looked lost, and that was that was another mistake I felt that Longmire made. It, it was in one way, and it was wasn't in another so he has Robbie Fox go to Cameron and Robbie Fox is Sydney's second best player he was amazing he was actually really really seriously good he, he's the reason that Cameron didn't have a goal in the first half the first three quarters when did Cameron kick his first goal in the last quarter <laughs> it took him a long time to kick a goal because Robbie Fox was doing a number on him yeah um Paddy didn't have a matchup Paddy sort of had like any, like he couldn't intercept because they're just Geelong were too precise. The number of times Geelong just hit their player on the chest, leading out towards the ball, looked like every single fucking time. I think that's 17 marks inside 50. Jesus Christ. Um, so McCartney had nothing to do. And, and he made the switch way too late, Longmire putting him forward. Paddy kicked a goal in the grand final, which is fantastic. I love that for him Um, in an 80 point loss. Not so much, (laughs) not, not so fantastic. Um, God, yeah, Tom, I talked about Tom's just complete lack of effort, especially early on Hawkins. It was really, really poor. So the two of them are going to have to sit down and figure out what went so wrong. And, and Longmore as well. So, they had to make a change at quarter time with how they were playing. They were trying to be controlled. They were trying to kick mark and move the ball. They're already six goals down at quarter time. And Geelong are red hot. They are so switched on. you got to go. you got to go. That's another thing I was screaming at the TV. I was like, just fucking go. Do what Collingwood did to you seven days ago. Right. They they were miles behind, and you only got them by a point. Excuse me, you only got them by a point because they just went balls to the wall. They're like, we're going to go fucking bananas, and we're going to try and win. Sydney, at no point, looked like they were trying to win the game. It looked, it looked like they were in... It looked like how they looked in the last quarter or last week. Like They were the one who was four or five goals in front. I'm like no we'll just chip it around we'll just you know control the play what are you doing fucking move the ball oh my god it was so hard to watch it was so hard to watch why is my fucking phone going um it was so hard to watch good grief um so that was another thing that long just got wrong he needed to have the have the courage to just totally change how they were playing at quarter time and it never happened. Like, they were better in the second quarter. They basically leveled the score across the second quarter, but they still didn't look good, Sydney, at all. Geelong still looked brilliant. <laughs> so, man, ugh. it was a bad day for Jong-un, like a really bad day. Um, one of the highlights, though, Warner. Well done, son. Like... It's a big day. It, the day was too big for a lot of the Swans players, young and old. Like Luke Parker, one of their leaders, one of their experienced players, got taken to school by Mark Blitzsavs. Blitzsavs just starts running, running down to the forward line, and Parker goes, "Oh, where are we? I don't want to play on here. What do I do?" He got totally overwhelmed, and then he had to do a danger field after that, which just didn't fucking work. So, so the day was too big for a lot of the Swans. But not Chad Warner, he was all over it. He was probably he was in the top five players on the ground. I thought seriously, um, like Smith, Danger, uh, Stengel, uh, Selwood. Selwood had that amazing first quarter which, you know, make, you know, he had 12 touches in the first quarter. He, he basically, like, he put, put them on his shoulders and goes, I got this boys. And they didn't look back from there. So you know, here's another one. And then you probably have Warner. Warner played an amazing game in a team that lost by 80 points. And he's, he, he and Fox really need to be given a lot of credit and a lot of praise. To do that in a, in a thrashing is pretty fantastic. Um... Yeah, if I'm a Sydney supporter, I'm really f- frustrated because they've had an amazing year. An amazing year. They're probably twelve months ahead of where their trajectory would have suggested they were at. Like you look at all these kids: Warner, McInerney, um, Goulden. The, the, these these young players, like the McCartons, not as young, but they're still like they're still learning their craft as key defenders. They were probably going to be twelve months away from doing what they've done, getting to a grand final. So, well done to them. Um, but this may have done more harm than good, I would say. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I'm frustrated if I'm a Sydney coach. Like, if I'm a Sydney supporter, I should say. John Longmire, just, he didn't prepare the, the players mentally, clearly, because they were so switched off. He... He wasn't creative in any way. Like you look at what Scott's doing with the rotations and like, where, where is that for Longmire? Where is that? And he fucked up at selection. He fucked up. Oh man, there's, um, on the rotations, David Kiggs said on SCN yesterday that by half time, on average, a Sydney midfielder had played 10 more minutes of game time than a Geelong midfielder. How the fuck did they do that? how did the rotation how, how have they done that with their rotations that it's already so stark at half time so sydney are cooked they've been running around for 10 more minutes and they're six goals down like, my god anyway anyway that's about all i have to say about the game itself it is a shame that it wasn't you know a brilliant spectacle but What Geelong did is special, and I'm so happy for, you know, if if I did have a second team, I think second team isn't a real thing. It's just there's other teams that you like. If I had a second team, it would be Geelong. I've always liked Geelong. I've loved how Chris Scott has tried to do this thing with just bringing in 28-year-olds, and we'll we'll just see, you know, trying to stay in contention every single year, and they almost have been every single year, you know. They bring in Dangerfield in twenty sixteen. You know they keep going after big fish. They bring in Cameron. They 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 recruit a fucking steeplechaser. Chaser. They they bring in Zach Tui. They bring in a, a delisted free agent in Tyson Stengel. They you know there's there's you know they they play Reece Stanley in the ruck for years and years and years, even though he's a he was you know he cut his teeth as a forward. And and they figure it out, they make it work. You know, it's just it's an unbelievable story. What Chalong have done. Who knows what le- next year is going to look like for them. If Selwood retires, I think that has an, an enormous impact. Um, I wouldn't blame him if he did. If I, if I was him, I'd retire. Like, why not end on absolute perfection and the best feeling you're ever going to have? <laughs> why not end on that? Um, because like. Oh, I mean, I've been saying this for two or three years now. I I don't know how Geelong could do it again next year. I don't know how. Like these guys like Selwood, Hawkins, Smith, Dangerfield, Stanley, Blitzers. They're all another year older. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like I think next year would be the last year for Smith, probably Hawkins. Um, Tui is another one who's getting up there. So... I don't know. They'll, oh, I have no, du- no doubt they'll play finals again next year. That's just what Chris Scott does. Um, he might be the greatest coach of all time. Sounds like I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. He's only got two premierships. Some coaches have got four. Um, but you look at his win-loss record overall, it's unbelievable. It's like 70%. 80%. What is it? It's, it's, it's unbelievable what his win-loss record is. It's crazy. Especially that he's been coaching for more than a decade now. To have those numbers, like he's he is an unbelievable coach. Unbelievable. Two premierships next to his name doesn't do him justice really for how good he has been. So yeah, he might be the greatest coach of all time. It's hard to say. Do we measure it on wins and losses or do we measure it on premierships? Do we measure it on who he is as a person? Do we measure it on his creativity? Do we, you know, there's a lot of metrics, but I think he's one of the best, if not the best. Um, Robbie Williams, big tick. Well done, Gil. Well done. Gil will be wrapped with that, especially after the flop that was the river. <laughs> the river was bad. We knew it was going to be bad. I don't know why. I don't know why he did the river. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but, God, yeah, Robbie was awesome. Then Delta came out. God, Delta's Delta's amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the whole, the whole pre-match was just excellent. It was excellent. Got everyone pumped. Everyone was singing, everyone dancing. He paid tribute to Warnie and Farnsey. Just really brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. Um, halftime? not so much so temper trap fantastic band they only got to play one song how much did they pay temper trap to play one song not even one of their more you know sort of pump everyone up songs you know um and i don't know who the other artists were g flip on the on the drums i don't know what was going on there um but halftime was a bit of a fizz honestly oh obi shut up um yeah, the year overall. What a year! It's the best year in living memory. Hang on, I got to yell at this dog. Right, um, yeah, just the number of amazing games with close finishes. The and fi- some of the finals games, like for six out of the nine finals games, to be pretty excellent, not pretty excellent. They were amazing. <laughs> they were amazing. Um, that's pretty special the The excitement around who's going to finish in the eight, like the the drama of round twenty three, was unbelievable. Um, an exciting Brownlow count. Um, yeah, it was it was a special year. Footy's back. A couple of rough years with COVID. Footy's back. Um, what else is going on? The Hawthorne stuff. Yeesh, that's not good. <laughs> that's bad. Um. It's pretty drastic to say this might be the end for Clarkson and and for Fagan, but it might be. It might be. Like, I can't see this turning out to not be true. It's a pretty big allegation to make to then be a lie. I, I can't see that being the case. So, you know, unless there is some remarkable circumstance of context that changes things, I seriously worry for Geelong and for North Melbourne and for Hawthorne, um, it's bad. And it's bad that this shit is still happening. If, if it you know does turn out to be true, which I would say it will, um, the AFL just needs to do more. Every time something like this happens, is all oh, you gotta do more. But like, you look at Adelaide, no punishment for what they did in that fucking camp. None. Eddie Maguire, no punishment. I wonder if things will change now with Hawthorne. Will there be sanctions? Like, obviously, you know, if it all goes the way it's looking like it's going to go, Clarkson and Fagan are done. Will other heads roll? Um, like, the, the, these families who have been impacted, they don't want money or anything. They just want more to be done. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's pretty... It's pretty fucked some of the things that they've done um clarko on that if it is all is it if it is all true it's it's it has to affect the trade period it has to like all of these different players that are going to north melbourne to play under clarko now might not be playing under clarko Like the timing of this is unreal imagine it happened two months from now instead of now trade period's over you know like North Melbourne's getting pumped, getting jazzed and then he has to step down and go through this whole this is going to take ages. This is going to take months to investigate. Like this might not be resolved before the new year. So this is crazy and it's it's not really been spoken about a lot because there's been the grand final on. So there's more to be said about it and there'll be more um more to learn. Oh Trade period itself, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be one of the... It might be the biggest ever. This this year just keeps going. <laughs> this year just keeps going and going. Oh, wow. Um, there's, there's going to be dozens and dozens of players moving. There's going to be big names. It's already overwhelming, trying to think about how much shit is going on. Gold Coast are going to go crazy. North Melbourne are going to go crazy. Fremantle are going to go crazy. Um. St. Kilda, I don't know what's going on at St. Kilda. What's going on with this Dugowie thing? So he, he rejects the Collingwood contract. Oh, St. Kilda, don't get sucked in. Don't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He's toxic, right? He's, he's turning down the fucking contract that says he has to behave himself. Fuck off. Fuck off. I, I'm pretty sure the original contract from St. Kilda had the same thing, that he had to behave himself. That's why he sort of went back to Collingwood. Don't blink, Sinclair. St. Kilda. Stick with it. But have you have to have the same shit in the contract that you give him that Collingwood did. He has to be forced to behave himself. He has to. And and if he if he you know, if he's gonna kick up a stink, he can be done in the AFL. Because it's 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 not like it's not like, oh you you know, you can't leave your house after nine o'clock. It's just common sense shit. You're an adult. Just fucking Don't do dumb stuff. Oh, man. Anyway, anyway, I'll do do trade period stuff after the trade period's done. I'll talk about all of that. When I talk about all of that, that's it. No more games until next year. I'm so sad. Now I've got to wait. Wait another, what, five or six months for round one. (laughs) There's still the women's footy, which is good. So I'll still be talking about the girls' footy. Um for the next what is there five rounds to go and then the finals, which is good, and then there'll really be nothing on which is which is a shame all right, thanks heaps for listening guys Thanks for listening throughout the season um there's still plenty going on here there's lots of star Wars stuff happening, so there'll still be plenty of podcasts coming out. I do appreciate everyone that listens. Remember to like and subscribe and review and comment and tell your friends and I will catch you guys next time. bye.